You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's November 16th. Following the shooting in Thousand Oaks, California, that left 12 people dead and more than a dozen injured, details quickly began to emerge about the gunman, a former U.S. Marine who served in Afghanistan. After learning his backstory, there is some speculation the shooter may have suffered from PTSD, and that could explain his violence. But according to many psychology experts, including Rand's Lisa Jaycox, this assertion is premature. In an interview with the LA Times this weekend, Jaycox spoke about some of the myths and facts about PTSD. She explained that, although we do know that the shooter saw combat while serving in the Marines, it's only a small portion of people who develop post-traumatic stress disorder after such an experience. It is not the norm. In fact, it's much more common to develop PTSD as a result of community violence, sexual violence, or sexual assault. Jaycox also noted that, Even though people are quick to blame PTSD when a mass shooter has a military background, violence is not central to post-traumatic stress disorder. Most people with PTSD are not violent, she says. And anger or irritability is just one of about 20 PTSD symptoms, including difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping, and feeling disconnected from other people. You can find the full interview with Lisa Jaycox on the LA Times website. Mass shootings, like the tragedy in Thousand Oaks and in Pittsburgh less than two weeks prior, may be the most reported-on incidents of gun violence, but they are far from the only ones. You might be surprised to know that most gun deaths are the result of suicide. According to the CDC, in 2016 alone, nearly 23,000 people died by firearm suicide. So what policy changes could make a positive impact on the problem of gun violence in America? The truth is, as Rand's own research has shown, there is a limited base of scientific evidence on the effects of gun policies. This means there are many opportunities to improve what is known about the causes, consequences, and prevention of gun violence, and a new research effort is setting out to do just that. The National Collaborative on Gun Violence Research is a major initiative to fund nonpartisan scientific research on gun policy and gun violence. Founded by the Laura and John Arnold Foundation, the collaborative will award between $20 and $50 million in research funding over the next five years. RAND will administer the initiative under the direction of an advisory committee. The hope is that research funded by the collaborative will help guide the development of fair and effective gun policies. To learn more, visit ncgvr.org. This week has been filled with harrowing stories of escape from the wildfires in California. Natural disasters like wildfires or hurricanes, as well as mass shootings, incidents of domestic violence, or any other traumatic experience can be devastating to a person, especially to children. But there are tools to help. The Cognitive Behavioral Intervention for Trauma in Schools, developed by RAND researchers, is one of those tools. It's a program used in schools to help kids address behavioral and emotional problems they experience after being exposed to trauma. School-based clinicians work with children on techniques like relaxation training, challenging unhelpful thoughts, and social problem solving. In addition to helping kids overcome their symptoms, the program also helps children build skills for handling stress and anxiety and provides peer and caregiver support. Political polarization in America has reached levels we haven't seen in decades. Within the country, it may seem more intense than ever before. 
but polarization can actually have an impact beyond U.S. borders. According to Rand's Timothy Heath, it could affect competition with China. America's sharply partisan environment may worsen tensions with Beijing, increasing the risk of a military crisis. And if a crisis were to occur, the political divide could hamper decision makers' ability to take action. How can this issue be addressed? U.S. leaders will need to work even harder to mitigate the effects of political polarization and manage competition with China in a stable, effective manner. This week, e-cigarette maker Juul announced it will suspend retail sales of most of its flavored e-cigarette pods. The company also plans to shut down its Facebook and Instagram accounts in the U.S. These changes come in response to growing pressure to address teenage vaping. Earlier this year, the FDA declared that vaping among adolescents had reached epidemic proportions. The FDA also proposed new regulations aimed at preventing youth from accessing and using e-cigarettes. A recent study from Rand produced findings that highlight the importance of stopping teens from vaping. Our researchers discovered that adolescents who use vaping products are more likely to smoke cigarettes. In other words, young people aren't using vaping products instead of cigarettes. And teens who vape are also more likely to increase their use of both products over time. Los Angeles County recently launched a mental health awareness campaign called Why We Rise. It encourages young people to engage with mental health issues, and its ultimate goals are to increase access to mental health care and improve understanding of mental health challenges. Why We Rise targeted young people through events in downtown L.A. There were art exhibits about mental health subjects, a rally, performances, panels, and workshops. There was also an ongoing social media effort to help increase discussion and awareness. According to a RAND evaluation of the campaign, there are some early signs of success. People exposed to the campaign were more likely to express support toward those with mental illness, and they were also more likely to feel empowered to take action on mental health issues. Since March 2015, China's Air Force has conducted a series of long-range bomber flights over important areas in the Asia-Pacific region. The flights have taken place over the South China Sea, near Japan, and around Taiwan. These flights have multiple benefits for Beijing, including sending a message of deterrence, providing realistic training for their air force, and enabling the government to play up military achievements to the Chinese people. And, at least in the case of flights around Taiwan, it allows China to ratchet up pressure against Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen, who has refused to acknowledge the One China policy. A new RAND report finds that China's bomber flights are not likely to stop. They may even ramp up in the future and the U.S. Air Force and other decision-makers should not expect to be able to dissuade Chinese leaders from continuing down this path. Instead, the key objective for the United States should be to work with allies and partners to plan for any negative effects these flights could have. That's it for today's episode. If you haven't checked out Rand's other show, Veterans in America, all three episodes are now available wherever you listen to podcasts. We're off next week for Thanksgiving. Enjoy your holiday, and we'll see you next time. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast.